Matthew chapter 21. morning we have the blessing of being able to cover Matthew 21 together uh, beginning in verse 18 and we'll probably just go to verse 32 this morning and let's read the whole thing and then we'll come back and interpret it apply it and see what the Lord has to share with us today but it says in verse 18 now in the morning as he uh, Jesus returned to the city he was hungry And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves and said to him, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. When the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? And so Jesus answered and said to them, surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, But also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now, when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves saying, well, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus and said, we do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. But what do you think? A man has two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. And Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, tax collectors and harlots, enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe It's such a blessing being able to go through the Gospel of Matthew and being able to study the life of Christ and to read the the red letters, to read His teachings to us. This morning as we go through our study, I know there's so much packed here, but in in one sense what we're going to look at first of all is the fruitful plants, that, that God wants us to be fruitful as His people. The, the second thing we're going to look at is God wants us to be fervent prayers. How as we pray by faith, God will do wonders. God will move mountains. And then the third thing we'll look at in our study today is God wants us to be frank people, honest people, sincere people. Not, you know, 
hypocritical, not superficial. That's the way the religious leaders of the day were, the chief priests, the elders. And if we have these three things, God is going to do such a beautiful work in our life. And we see it today in our study so clearly. And the first thing we see there in verse 18 and 19, you kind of trip out on that. I know as you read that, you're picturing Jesus going down the road. He sees a fig tree and from a distance he sees leaves on it. And it says right here, it's kind of interesting. Well, actually it says in the Gospel of, oh yeah, here in Mark Matthew 18, 11, 18, he was hungry. And so the Lord's walking down the road and he's hungry. And so he sees the leaves on the fig tree and, you know, and he's thinking, oh, cool, I, I get to grub. Now he's thinking breakfast time. He maybe he hadn't eaten anything on his way out. It's actually now Tuesday. I mean, on Monday, as he's going down to the temple, I was talking to my daughter about this and I asked her, sweetheart, have you ever had a fig? Uh, and uh, she said, no, Dad, I, I've had fig newtons, but I've never had a, a fig. And I was telling her, man, they're, they're so good. And I apologized to her. I said, you know what? That's my fault. We're, we're going to go get you a fig sometime this week. If I don't know if I can find them anywhere. But, you know, they're so good, huh? I mean, figs are good. Fruit is good. I know uh, Saturday night I had fruit really for for dinner and uh it's been really uh, even today just not to brag or anything but i'm gonna have cantaloupe for lunch man why because fruit is good it really is good for you and if you eat it you know you don't feel all weighed down and it, it is excellent cantaloupe watermelon i mean you name it mangoes i mean people tell me the different fruits that they like bananas oranges all those things and um and just as we when we really get you know uh, healthy as people like fruit like that for our bodies we need to know that our god he longs for fruit as well he's uh hungry for fruit in our life god wants real righteousness he doesn't just want religion He wants practice, not just profession. He wants this to be in our life. And, you know, you look at this right here, and I know some people look at the whole scene, and, you know, environmentalists, the tree huggers, they think, ah, this is not right what Jesus did, you know. He came, and, you know, the fruit's not there, and so he speaks to it, and it withers away. How could Jesus do such a thing, they might ask. Well, believe it or not, you guys, the curse that Jesus pronounces right here is is a curse of justice and it's also a curse that shows us he cares for the tragedy that we read about here on this tree is really an illustration of a warning that god gives to all of us as christians people who claim to follow the lord you see what happens to those who follow the lord is god begins to work in their life we're going to see it next week in the parable how he does all the work i mean he scatters the seed he builds the the wall around the vineyard he gives them the vineyard he you know even builds a wine press he does everything you know on his part and all we have to do we're going to see later is abide in him rest in him be real as christians and as we're sincere honest open truthful then God will produce fruit in our lives. God will produce fruit through our lives. You know, I remember when I was in high school, one of my favorite classes was wood shop. It was a blessing. And then my second favorite was metal shop. Two neat classes. You can make a lot of things, but, you know, you you couldn't make a fruit. Man can't make a fruit. Only God can. 
And as God begins to work in our life, as we really allow Him just to have His way in our hearts, then we're going to produce fruit that will actually glorify Him. Some people wonder, well, you know, Mark 11 tells us it wasn't the season for the figs, and so why did Jesus get upset? Well, in all reality, according to William MacDonald, fig trees in Bible lands produced an early edible fruit even before the leaves appeared. This was what was called a harbinger of the regular crop. And so if no early figs appeared, as in the case of this fig tree right here, then there would be no regular figs later. You see, this fig tree right here, probably many of you know this, is an illustration, is a representation of the nation of Israel, of the people of God. And what had happened was that in their persistence and in their resistance of God and His love, the day finally came when they ran out of time. What is God looking for in your life? Is He really, truly just, oh, I'm so glad they went to church and He checks it off and you're done? I mean, in my life, especially as a, as a, as a preacher, as a teacher, as a, you know, quote, representative before people, man, for me, it can get real easy, too easy to fall into the trap of thinking that I've done the religious thing by sharing a message or by doing some type of ministry. No, that is not impressive to God. What does God want? God wants us to love. God wants us to bear fruit. God wants us to obey. God wants us to live life as a Christian. And what had happened was the Jews, they they didn't. God had done so much in their life. God had given them his spirit. God had given them his word. God had spoken to them over and over and over again. And God had always done, you know, Sunday messages, Thursday messages. I mean, you name it. Wednesdays, he was always trying to reach the people. But for some reason, they just couldn't get past the religion that they were stuck in. And they had all the rules and they could even memorize all the scriptures. On the outside, they looked so good. They went to the synagogues. But their life was not real. They were not really a light to the world. They were not salt on the earth. And what had happened? Well, the day came. This is the day. This is representative of the day that God would pronounce judgment on his people. And you and I, I just pray we would just take the heart, the warnings, you know, not in a negative way, not in a bad way, not in a beating up way, but in a real way. You know, I don't know if the Lord's been speaking to you about your life, about whether or not you're stuck in religion or whether or not it's a superficial thing that you're going through. Maybe he has. And if he has, and if he's been warning you about really living this life, then I want to encourage you to take heart to the warning that God gives us today. I mean, if you flash back, you know, here, you might look at it and think, wow, so, you know, weird. God pronounced this judgment, this curse that withered away. Well, if you flash back three and a half years earlier, as a matter of fact, let's turn over to the Gospel of Luke. God had been warning them, you know, about exactly what would happen. In Luke chapter 3, it says in verse 7, and then he said, this is John the Baptist now speaking to the multitudes, that came out to be baptized by him. He said, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. 
Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is what? It's cut down and thrown into the fire. I mean, and this is for us as uh, Christians. uh, You know, of course, it's not saying that you're going to earn your way into heaven by works. I think for us as Christians, if we need to examine our life and are we being productive, like John 15 talks about, bearing much fruit? Because this is really the principle that God wants us to come away with. If you're here today, though, and if your life bears no fruit, then maybe you're not really a Christian. And that's where we need to just yield our lives to Him. John had warned them to repent years earlier. We read that there in Luke 3, but they weren't willing to repent. Another interesting verse that you might want to jot down, and if you could turn to, is Luke chapter 13. Because this is really the way the Lord is with us. It says right here in Luke 13, in verse 6, He also spoke this parable A a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not after that, you can cut it down. What do we see there, you guys? We see God's patience with us, huh? His long-suffering with us, His tenderness, His gentleness, His kindness, His goodness. I know in my life I've experienced that, you know. All the years I've been a Christian now uh, since 1989, and uh, God has been so patient with me. But, you know, the book of Romans, chapter 6, it says, you know, where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. But we just got to make sure that we don't, therefore, continue in sin, that grace may abound. Because if not, if we're not really in this for the right reasons, to love God and to love people and to bear the fruit of the Spirit, then we might not even know the Lord. And it has to be real. That's what God is looking for. God is hungry. I know some of you ladies right here, you just blow me away. And this is the way that you are. You know, this church has some good cookers. I've seen that. Good bakers. I mean, you name it. I mean, you come to a potluck, you, you watch what happens. It was interesting. The other day, I was online and I saw this article about how, you know, to be careful, you don't gain weight and the causes for uh, people being overweight. And believe it or not, one of the top five reasons was the church that you go to. <laughs> They're just talking about how, you know, you have potlucks and, uh, you know, we're calorie chapel and things like that. And so, you know, but it's just amazing the way that some of you ladies can cook. It just blows me away. And you know what happens? You go over, I go over your house or one of us guys goes over your house and you just want to feed us, huh? Especially maybe if we worked all day. Maybe your husband worked all day and you know he's hungry. And he comes in and you want to feed him. And I guess in a sense, I just want you to know that God is hungry. That God is hungry not for religion. God is hungry for fruit. That's what he's looking for in our life. You know, Galatians chapter 5 gives us a list of fruit. Let's turn over there. You guys, because I really want to make sure that this doesn't get glossed over. 
Galatians chapter 5. In verse 16, it talks about walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit. He gives a contrast here and he says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. In other words, here it is, you guys. We are in a battle. We are in the middle of a war that is going on. If you're alive, you have your flesh your sin nature. It's the antithesis of what God wants. We are in the middle of this battle. The flesh against the Spirit. He says there in verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. That's all the sexual sins there. Idolatry, sorcery, that can be drug abuse, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, here's really some of the things that we want to look for in your life. The fruit of the Spirit, he says, is love, joy, Peace, long-suffering, oh, that's hard. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. See, this is what God is looking for. Yes, don't get me wrong. I do encourage you guys to come to church. But I think that one of the things that we do as a church, I know that I do, I fall into this a lot of times, is we we rate whether or not you are spiritual based upon your church attendance. And that's not the way God rates it. Now, I believe if you're healthy, you're going to be hungry. I believe if you're healthy, you will come to church on a regular basis. But we need to understand that this is where God basis our spirituality do you have love i mean you know as a matter of fact i was thinking about this because we don't have time this morning to get into this because those of you who have been walking with the lord for a while you know that this right here in and of itself is nine different studies huh minimum getting into each one but learning how to examine our life is so important and so as a matter of fact, I wanted to just give you guys an opportunity. If you want to study these things more in depth, we're going to uh, order a couple of books for you, anyone who's interested. That way you can, we can really examine our life. Now, one of my favorite books on this is a book by John MacArthur. It's called The Quest for Character. And it's an awesome, awesome book on the character that God is looking for in our life. And so if you want to buy one of those, we can go afterwards. It's $10.00 shipping and handling and then um no we'll just we'll cover that for you and there's another book by pastor chuck it's called love this is the next book that i'm going to read and uh one's 10 one is 20 um i'm just saying this as i read this study today and as i was looking at this i just pray that we would not miss out on what this is all about It's about fruit, not only moral fruit, which is what we saw there in Galatians 5. And we see other things, I believe, as we read the scriptures, but also ministry fruit, ministry fruit. 
Because as God has given to us assignment in life, a task in life, gifts in life, God wants us to invest those gifts so that we might bear fruit, that people might, you know, draw me closer to Him or come to the Lord. It was kind of cool just to give you guys a quick praise report. Um, this last uh, Friday, we had seven guys come in. They uh, So cool, man. A few guys, it was their first time. And then they went out in the streets of Almani. And they were just sharing the Lord with people. Eleven people came to Christ as a result of their you know, sacrifice, as a result of their willingness to kind of step out of their comfort zone and to take a step of faith and to exercise those gifts. And that is exactly the fruit that I'm talking about. Whatever you do, don't go bury it. Whatever you do, don't doubt God by not taking any steps of faith. God is looking for fruit. He's hungry for fruit. Moral fruit and ministry fruit. And that's what we see here in our text this morning. You know, God had given the Israelites chance after chance after chance, but they continued to resist the Holy Spirit and the fruit that only He can bring. And so what had happened? Well, 40 years later, the Romans came and they wiped them out. 1.2 million Jews died and the rest of the Jews were scattered. And I think for us, it's a warning today to not play church. Don't play church. It's got to be real in our life. It's a lesson for us. We see the scriptures and we realize, man, it's so easy to fall into this. As a matter of fact, if you go down here to verse 28, this is really the parable that the Lord spoke. He talked about two sons. And you know how it is sometimes. I know what I do a lot of times is I'll leave the house and I have certain tasks for my children to do. And so I'll talk to my son Aaron. I say, okay, Aaron, I want you to uh, empty the trash. And he'll say, Why? And I'll say, <laughs> because it needs to get emptied and because I told you, you know. And sometimes he'll, you know, he'll go toe-to-toe with me. And so, you know, but, you know, I'll ask him to do something. And I'll ask Ariel to do something. And she has certain responsibilities that she has to do. And, and you know, it would be like if I was to have this and one said, yeah, I'll do it. And the other said, no. And then I go out the door. But then as I'm out the door and I'm praying for them, what ends up happening? They, they change their mind. The one that said they weren't going to do it, they got convicted. They said, I will. They did it. And the other who said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Dad, oh, I don't want to get beat up by him. Yeah, Dad, I'll, I'll do it. They never did it. And the Lord said that's the way that the children of Israel were. They were so good at talking the talk. They were so good at knowing what to say. And even responding to things. You know, they were giving so much lip service. They had all the Christian lingo down. They maybe even had a certain element of wanting to do it. But that's not enough. They didn't do it. And see, that's what we want, you guys, in our life. We can't just be hearers of the word. We need to be doers of the word. And for I know all of us here is something that God wants to challenge us in. It's not real fancy. It's not real eloquent. But it's really important that you and I live a life just bearing fruit for the glory of God. Living a life of obedience. Living a life of love and service and exercising our gifts for the glory of God. And so we see first of all here that God wants fruit 
He wants fruitful plants, we'll say that today. And then we see, secondly, that he wants faithful prayers. Again, in verse 20, when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? And so Jesus answered and said to them, assuredly, truly, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not just messing around here, the Lord says. If you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what you was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. And the Lord is in just teaching us these things that are so important for us to be fruitful people, to be fervent in prayer. And here we see the Lord just teaching us, I believe, the same thing. Now, You know, according to Mark chapter 11, this actually took place, the withering actually took place the next day. That Jesus had cursed the fig tree on the Monday, and on Tuesday they found it completely withered, even from the roots. And so you look at that and you think, wow, that's pretty impressive, especially when you consider the fact that fig trees, they would grow up to 25 feet high, uh, 25 feet wide. I mean, that's a big tree. One day it stands, here's this huge tree, And then think about it, the next day, it falls. It's totally dried up by the roots. And so the disciples are blown away by this, and they say, Lord, how how did this happen? And God gives them the answer. God gives us the answer. The answer is by faith. The power of prayer and the significance of faith in our life. And the Lord says to them and to us, as a matter of fact, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only will you topple over trees that are terrible in your life, but you will triumph over massive mountains in your life. And I have a feeling that there are a lot of people who die with mountains that should have been moved. A lot of people that do not have faith, that do not finish the race. You know, the things that are huge in their life and they just really didn't have that heart to really seek God. And you know, I know when we read the Bible, we got to make sure we balance everything out. Some might say, but wait a minute, wait a minute. First John 5, 14, it says that he only answers if he, you know, it's according to his will. And so let's wipe out all this. And, and I just want to encourage you guys to, to be really even careful with that. Because a lot of times, what do we do? We throw out the baby with the bathwater. You know, we don't lay hold of God's promises. We don't really pray with passion because we're kind of like reserved to this. Well, God's going to do what God's going to do. And there's nothing I can do about it. I can't influence him. It's God's sovereignty. It's God's will. And we, in that, we lay aside the promises that he gives to us. We don't have a heart even to hear what he wants to say to us. And I just pray that today we would take heart to the scriptures and really listen to what the Lord says. It's kind of interesting. The Lord says right there, he says in verse 21, if you have faith and you do not doubt, You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And he says in verse 22, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now in the Greek language, there's two words for receive. One's a passive word and one is an active word. It's kind of like when you used to play football. I don't know if you guys were like this or not. I know that I used to play tight end, believe it or not, when I was in uh, junior high. I was this big. I'd stopped growing at that point. And so <laughs> I remember, though, man, you know, just the way it is when you play football. There are some guys, they, they go and they're receivers, quote, receivers, but they don't want the ball. I mean, we see the same thing in basketball, huh? But there are some guys who what? 
Throw it to me, man. Yeah, but you recovered. It's okay. Throw it to me anyways, man. They want the ball. They're active. They're passionate. They're real. And there are some Christians who, they're, they're receivers, quote, but they're not really wanting this. They're not really, truly longing for this. And the word right here for receive is, is an active receiving. God, I want everything. God, I want you to save my children. I want you to save my marriage. God, I want you to fix my finances. God, I want you to break me, set me free. God, I want you, if it's your will, I know you can heal me. I know you can heal her and him. And as we lay hold of those promises, man, God will do it. God will move the mountains. And that's why, as we read our study today, I pray you know, we would take these things to heart because these are things that really we can apply in our life. I just want to encourage you to be people who are passionate and persistent in their prayers. You know, not doubting God whether or not He hears you, knowing where you are, that as you pray, you are in the throne room of the universe, knowing who He is, able to do anything, to change anyone, to provide, to guide, uh, to just make you uh, the man that you want to be, the Sister that you want to be, God can open the heavens. He can close the mouths of lions. He can use your life to change the world. And sometimes when I say that, I always think, oh, uh, they're probably thinking he's being dramatic now, you know. (laughs) Use my life to change the world. Oh, you know, give me a break. Some people, though, when they hear those words, they just kind of like don't listen. But I want to encourage you to listen. God can use your life to change the world. Of course, it's up to him, the details. But you know what? God is just really looking for men and women who believe. Because I know that, you know, as I live my life, I mean, that's what I want. It's not that, you know, you want anything for yourself. I mean, I pray as we try to examine our motives that it's not what we want, but we do want people to come to him. We really do. And that's why we pray, Lord, just do this work. Don't be like the doubting disciples. You know, James 1, I'm sure you're familiar with that verse in uh, chapter 1, verse 6. He says, Let him who asks, ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord. For he is a double-minded man and stable in all his ways. Now I read that and I get a little scared. I'm like, man, Lord, you don't want any dabs of doubt in my prayers. Sometimes it's hard, Lord. And he's patient with us. But I think that we just need to know where we are, that we are with him, that who he is, he is able. And then as we pray, that God will honor that. Again, this doesn't mean we get whatever we want. You know, we're not like those who name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. We're not those who... You know, I don't know, speak it and tweak it. Whatever you want to say in your life, man. We're not like that, right? We don't speak things into existence. But what ends up happening is this, you guys. As you get with the Lord and as you have that quiet time with Him, you know what happens? He shows you His will. And He puts burdens on your heart. And you pray His word. And God will do wonders. You know, in all reality, God answers every prayer with either a yes, a no, or a wait. Sometimes there's sin in our life. Sometimes our motives aren't right. Sometimes it's just not His will. So we should ask God to show us why our prayers aren't being answered if they're not. Because prayer 
is real. But whatever you do, don't ever stop living a life of actively asking Almighty God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we would ask or think. Don't ever stop being prayer warriors in this life. I mean, is there anything too hard for the Lord? No way, huh? Nothing. And we learned that today, man. God is here. God is hungry I see that in verses 18 through 19. So let's feed him, man. God is able to do anything. Let's pray with all our hearts. And then God is real. That's kind of what I see in the last portion here. Again, if we could read it together again. It says, And he came into the temple, and the chief priests and the elders of the people, they confronted him as he was teaching. And they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. He's, you know, just wanting to get real with them. Verse 25, the baptism of John. Where was it from? From heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Well, if we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, we fear the multitude for all count John as a prophet. And so they answered and said to Jesus, we do not know. And notice what happens again in verse 27. And so the Lord said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. God wants us to be fruitful plants. God wants us to be fervent prayers. And I believe that God wants us to be frank people. Um, for Frank, it's a little easier, obviously. That's his name. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> you guys know what Frank means, right? It means open and honest. Uh, the word Frank, it speaks of this is sincerity from our lips. And that's the way we need to deal with God and even with others, openly, honestly. See, these guys, they, they knew what John was all about. They knew. But they suppress the truth. They lie to the Lord. And they lie to themselves. And as a result of that, God would not answer them. God would not speak to them in that sense, you know. And I just pray that we would not fall into this common pit that so many fall into. So many, when they're making their decisions, they're not really just asking God what's right, what's wrong. They're not really asking God sometimes what's true. In me? No. God, how do I make this show go? What's popular? Can I get the people behind me on this one? What about the, the position that I have? How does it affect that position or that ambition that I have? That's what these guys were all caught up in. And since they were not being frank and true with their tongue... They were not sincere in their search and God sees that. They had closed their eyes already. They had plugged their ears already. As a result of that, the Lord would not answer them. He would have answered them and right there they had the opportunity, right there and then. Tell you what, let's talk. Remember John the Baptist? Was he from heaven or from men? Let's do it right now. I'm going to give you another chance right now to be real. And what did they do? They continued to play the game. And a lot of us, I think, I know myself, I, I get caught up in this sometimes. 
God says, let me talk to you about John the Baptist. Someone you think is dead. Someone you think is distant. Someone you ran from. Someone you resisted. Someone you rebelled against. And now you think he's dead and you think this is all over. And you think you can go ahead and move on in life. But no, you're going to deal with it again. John the Baptist. (laughs) I'm asking you right now for an honest answer. Was it human or was it divine? And again, rather than just dealing with that issue, think about it. Just answering that question in all honesty, they, they kind of looked at it like a chess game. <laughs> well, if I do this and they're going to do that and this is going to happen. And to them, it wasn't a matter of truth. It was just a matter of me. I mean, they knew if they had admitted John was sent from God, they would be questioned. And if they said that John was just another man, the people might not like them. Mark tells us they would stone them. And so rather than just facing the truth and embracing the truth, what did they do? They wimped out. They lost out. And God would not answer them. And believe me, that's not the place that we want to be, you guys. I mean, if we talk to the Lord, I mean, don't you want to have that communion with Him? Don't you want to have that connection with Him? Don't you want to be able to say, Lord, here's what's going on, and then he can give you some answers or some counsel or some comfort? I mean, we got to make sure that in this whole thing right here that we're living the life that God wants us to live, that we, and I know for me, it's a confession in many ways. It's way too easy to have religion, huh? We know what to do. We know what to say. We know how to smile. We know, you know, the habits. We know the routine. And that right there can be dangerous because what ends up happening is you end up having a superficial existence as God's people. And God says, no, it's got to be deeper. Because if not, look at the judgment that takes place. Look at the prayers that are not answered. And look at the way that here we see God would not even really speak to them the way that they should have heard his voice. I mean, Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear, but your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And so what do we need to do? I just pray that today we would be encouraged by these things, that we would be challenged, you know, to really, I mean, get the book. What is love? What is peace? What is joy? What does it mean to be long-suffering? Do you have those things in your life? If not, you know, pick up a book. Get into it. Really ask God to show you what fruit is because that's what he's looking for in your life. And how's your prayer life? I mean, is it a prayer life filled with faith? And, you know, do you just uh, fight the flesh to get there, but don't you just love being there? I mean, is that your heart? And then when it comes to just being real and honest and open with the Lord, you know, I know that I want to encourage you guys today. And even in the bulletin today, it talks a little bit about um, just having that true fellowship, walking in the light with the Lord. You know, we really need to have that. It's better to be frank, right? It's better to be walking honestly and openly with the Lord, again, not basing our decisions on worldly consequences. But instead, you guys, let's base our decisions on biblical convictions. You know, here we see that these religious leaders, they were like a fig tree with plenty of leaves, but they didn't have that fruit. 
They were more concerned with the things that were temporary than the things that were eternal. And so I pray that you and I would be different, that we would today allow God, you know, just to let that, I know you guys don't like alarm clocks. Most people don't like alarm clocks. I remember when I was younger, I had a crazy alarm clock. It was a, the bell ones. You guys remember those? Those things are awful, man. But every once in a while, sometimes we get into a deep sleep and we're like, man, just so entrenched. In this case, uh, for some of us here, religion. We're entrenched in religion. We're entrenched in the show. We're like the chief priests and the elders in this case. And God says, no, let me just ring this alarm clock today and let's do something different. As a matter of fact, let's close over in the Gospel of John, if you would. John chapter 15. In verse 1, it's a verse I'm sure many of us are familiar with. The Lord says to us, I am the, the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now here we see kind of the same thing. The Lord, uh, later in Matthew 21, he will bring up the vine. And we see Israel represented as the vine, as the fig tree as well. And in a sense, what the Lord is saying, same thing here that's going on. You know, Jesus is the vine. And you and I, we are the branches. This is who we are. This is who we are. We are the branches, right? And here he says right here that every branch in me, now this is definitely speaking of a Christian, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now I believe literally when you look at this in the Greek language, it literally means to lift up. And so if we're here today and we're not bearing fruit for God, then God's going to deal tenderly with us. God is going to deal gently with us. And maybe you're down today and you're discouraged today. And God just says, hey, I see what's going on in your life. You can't do this on your own. You know that, right? Let me come in, God says. Let me come in and kind of lift you up. You know, they would get a little branch and they would stick it in there and they would lift up that branch because they didn't want it to get all dirty from the soil that was there that was holding it down. And, 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 you know, maybe that's going on in your life today. Maybe for a lot of us here today, we have a short temper. There you are fighting with your wife. Where'd that come from? Fighting with your husband. Yelling at your children. Screaming on the freeway. I've seen some of you guys. It's crazy, man. <laughs> What happens a lot of times in our life, and this is where it gets so crazy, you know, things are cool, you're nice, but we're not known by our actions, we're known by our reactions, huh? That's how you can know a person when they're tested. And so when one person says one thing, and then boom, what happens? We flip. We put it into flesh control, you know? (laughs) What different are we than the world? If that's us, God says, no, you need to have self-control. There needs to be long-suffering. There needs to be love. And so we look at us today and we're thinking, wow, I'm I'm not really bearing fruit. I'm not being honest with myself. I'm not being honest with God. When you are not honest with yourself, like the Pharisees, the scribes, the religious leaders, 
That's the worst place you can be. That is the worst place you can be. A lot of times, you know, when I blow it, uh, my wife will tell me, um, you know, I blew it or whatever it is. What is our what is our immediate reaction usually? No way. Not me. I didn't blow it. You blew it. Right? <laughs> Isn't that our the way we are? We justify it. We rationalize it. That's not God. A lot of times, in all reality, because we're known by our reactions, not our actions, there's not really any fruit. And so God says, today what I want to do is I want to lift you up. I want to help you. You can't make this in wood shop or metal shop. There's no man that can make this. Let me help you. That's what he says right there. If you don't bear fruit, he wants to lift you up and help you. And then look what he says right there. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. And so maybe you're here today and you've got some little bitty fruits right there. We'll call them kumquats or something, okay? (laughs) And God says, cool, I want you to bear more fruit. And so then what happens? He starts pruning you, right? And he starts cutting and it starts hurting and things start happening. A lot of times he starts, you know, taking you through the hard times to show you really open your eyes at all the dross that's rising to the surface. It doesn't just happen. No, he shows us those areas of our life that need to be yielded to him. And he prunes us. But sometimes we're thinking, no, I'm okay. I'm Job. Are you Job? Job was in sin. Job was blameless and upright. He feared God. He shunned evil. But there were areas of his life that needed to be surrendered to God. And I think that sometimes God wants us to skim those things and just to continue to yield our life. Why? So that we can bear more fruit. Again, moral fruit, ministry fruit. And then he says right here in verse Four, here's where it is. And this is where I want to close with you guys today. He says in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. You know, later on he says, if you bear a whole lot of fruit, man, that's how God is glorified. This is the whole reason that you live, so that you can bear tons of fruit. But here, I want to just close with this today and just encourage you guys today. Here's where it's at. How can I be a a man, a Christian, who has this, you know, life? I'm a fruitful plant. How can I be fervent in prayers? How can I be frank as a person? God says, here it is. Here it is. Abide in me. You know, you guys, don't get distracted with anything else. I mean, as your priority in life, I want to encourage you guys to rest in Jesus Christ. To truly be able to say that I have a relationship with God through His Son. To truly be able to say that He is everything to me. That I have my confidence in Him. And as you abide in Him, as you rest in Him, as you trust in Him, then God will do a wonderful wonderful work you see a lot of times we can approach a study like this and you might walk away and you might feel pressured i don't want that to happen today there's no pressure here today i'm not cracking the whip okay i'm not doing that i'm not saying hey go do it or else you know god's gonna wither you away that's not necessarily what i'm saying because that's not the way it's gonna work you know what we're saying you know what god is saying 
today, rather than you going and uh, exerting all your energy like that, God is just saying, no, you need to rest in me. You need to draw from me. You need quiet time with me. You need to turn off the television maybe or somehow, some way, you need to be alone with the Lord and you need to have time with Him. That's where it's at. That's the key to life. As you abide with the Lord, as you rest in Him, as you have that quiet time with Him. You know, one of the things I like to do um, is just throw my iPod on, turn on my headphones and listen to praise music, worship God, kind of preparing my heart, maybe reading a Tozer book, something that really reached my heart and get it on fire. And then I just begin to pray. Find You find yourself half an hour has gone by, 45 minutes gone by, an hour has gone by. Like I was telling my daughter on the way over here, you know, the Lord would go away and he'd go into the mountains or he would wake up real early or sometimes it would be all night and he would have that quiet time with the Father. And as you draw your strength from God, like that, then we'll be able to go out and face people with the strength that he gives us. And so I want to encourage you guys today to abide in the Lord, to focus on your relationship with him, to not let this be a religion, but let it be a relationship. Let it be real. Let it be deep, the work that God wants to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for allowing us to study your word today, Lord. I, I thank you, Lord, for the objective truth, Lord, so black and white, so simple, Lord God, that when you look at my life, that you want fruit in my life that you're calling me to pray, Lord, with faith, to let mountains, all these mountains that I face in my life can be moved. And Lord, that as I'm dealing with you and talking with you and, and wanting you, know, you to speak to me, that, that I need to be transparent. I need to be real. I need to be honest. Not worrying about other things, but what's true and what's right in my life. And Father, as we do this, and as I do this, Lord, as I determine, Lord God, just to rest in your love today, I believe, Father God, that you will change me. And you will change us, Lord. And I pray for my brothers and sisters here, Lord God, that you would work in us, Lord, like this and through us. Uh, We thank you so much, Father, that we are your workmanship, that we are your poem. Lord, that you are doing a work in us, Lord, and we thank you. And we pray you would continue to do that. Let it be stronger and deeper, and Lord God, just even more sincere, Lord, that you be with us this day, Lord, that you bless and that you strengthen. We ask together and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.